Uh, we're continuing our series with Christmas carols. This is our third week of Advent, and so we have, have our candles lit, and this is traditionally, uh, we consider this the week of joy, and so, uh, so we've been talking about that. Our first week, we looked at the song, Come That Long Expected Jesus, and really focused in on God's presence, and, and we've even sung about that and talked about that already today. God's presence, and I hope that you're going through this Christmas season focusing in on God's presence with us. Last week, um, we looked at the song, What Child Is This?, and we answered that question by looking at John chapter 1, and in there we saw that this child is eternal, he's creator, he's giver of life, he's a true light, he's Emmanuel, he's our advocate. And that's who we get to worship, and that's who we celebrate this time of year. Next week, we're going to look at God Rest You Merry Gentlemen, and uh, look at the, for Advent, it's the week of love, and so we'll be talking about that. But today, we're looking at the song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And this morning in prayer time, Jack, uh, our elders, we were praying as elders this morning, Jack says, you know, I've looked, I've done an exhaustive study, I can't find anywhere in scripture where it says angels sing. Anyone else done that study, looked at that? Anyone right now going, wait a minute, is that true? Uh, it actually says there when they show up to announce to the shepherds, it says that they say, and it says glory in the highest, it says they say, it doesn't say that they sing. I, I said to Jack, I said, maybe their song, maybe their voices are just so angelic that it sounded like singing. Anyone ever heard a voice like that? So I don't know. Uh, I told him, I assured him that nowhere in my message today do I say that angels sing. Okay, it's just the song. And, uh, and, and the reality is that isn't even the original words to the song. So we're going to talk about that. Um, mentioned in week one that the author of the first song that we talked about, Come That Long Expected Jesus, was Charles Wesley, and that he wrote over 8,000 songs in his life. This is one of them. Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Okay. And uh, so this was originally published in 1739, and as I said, these were not the original words. His looked a little bit different, and I'm going to say this, the very first line was not hark, what's it? Hark the herald angels sing. It was hark how all the welkin rings. That was the first line. Anyone know what welkin means? Anyone? Anyone? Good. No one in the first service knew either, and so I felt better that I, was, that I had to go look it up. Welkin, welkin means the sky or the heavens. So it's hark how all the sky or heavens ring. And so in that moment, if you think about the angels showing up to the shepherds and being there and saying these things, that it may have sounded like the sky or the heavens were ringing in a sense. Um, the next line was, glory to the king of kings. What do we sing? Glory to the newborn king. So it's changed. Um, and it continues, peace on earth, mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Uh, George Whitefield, 18th century Anglican pastor and evangelist, is the one that is credited for changing the words, modifying the words, and going with this version. And he did a publication in 1754 called Collection of Hymns for Social Worship. That's a great name for a hymnal, right? collection of hymns for social worship. And in that publication is where these words were changed and where he first became, became Hark the Herald Angels Sing. So very interesting. Um, we, we, we still do that today, right? The very first song we sang today was a song that we know, but the words were 
changed a little bit to fit this time of year. So we still do it today. So for those of you who are like, why do they change song? It's been going on for hundreds of years. Hundreds of years. Words have been being changed and shifted. So we would probably be surprised even to go back and look at some of our own personal favorite hymns to what maybe the original words were. You know, we'd probably be surprised. So, so I'm going to take this minute, and I know we've sung it, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, read the lyrics again. And I want you to pay attention to what we sing. And I took my note card out, so I'm trying to find this again. Um, but I want you to listen. Where'd it go? There it is. I want you to listen to these words. What stands out? As you're hearing these words, what stands out? Ask, ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit to maybe give you a phrase or two phrase as I read them. Phrases as to what stands out. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise. Join the triumph of the skies. With the angelic host proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time behold him come, offspring of the virgin's womb. Veiled in flesh the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. Pleased is man with men to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life in all he brings. Risen with healings in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by. Born that men no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Father, we thank you for uh, this song that you gave uh, a, a follower of you, um, a saint, because he knew who you were. Uh, he, he knew who you are. He knows you. He's with you now, and through your Holy Spirit, um, this isn't scripture, but it's a song full of truth. And it's a song that points to Scripture, as we're going to do here. Look into your word based on what you gave this gentleman to write down. Lord, I pray that we will uh, have open, our, open hearts, open ears, open minds to receive what your Spirit is saying to us today. Uh, that we will receive that. More importantly, that we will take it out to a world that so desperately needs you. A world that, will ev that even sings these songs and accepts these songs. Give us an opportunity to share with this world through Christmas carols, through your word, uh, how great Jesus is. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So what's a phrase that stood out? What's a phrase that stood out? Join the triumph of the skies. What was that? Join the triumph of the skies. Join the triumph of the skies. Welkin. Yeah. <laughs> Welkin ring. There we go. God and sinners reconciled. Heart and newborn king. Newborn king? Yeah. Hark. Hark. What's that mean? Listen. Listen. 
There you go. Born to give them second birth. Anyone else? Harold Okay, there was not an angel named Harold. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> they spoke loudly, yes, yes. Very good. So There's so much in here. There's so much truth. And, and again, this is just a song that a saint wrote, that a believer, follower of Jesus wrote, but it points us to great truths. It points us to great scriptures. And uh, so we're going to spend some time looking at those scriptures. I'm going to share some of the things that stood out to me and look at those. And you've got three, kind of three main things that stood out, but the third one has three things that stood out with that. So, uh, so we'll get into that and different, different things. But... Um, the first thing that stands out to me is this. Sing. 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 We, we come together and we sing. And to me, I, I, I love doing it. I enjoy doing it. It's fun. Uh, is there anyone in here that loves to sing? Is there anyone in here that would say, I would sing more if I could sing better? <laughs> yeah. I've got some good news for you. Um, Psalm 98 verses 4 through 6 in the NIV says, Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. What was the first word? I'm sorry, what? There we go. Shout. Shout for joy. Shout for joy all the earth. And then it goes, burst into jubilant song with music. You ever seen someone do that? You ever seen someone do that? You ever been riding a car at a light, look over, and there's someone just at the top of their lungs? Yes. Have you been that person? Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp. Anyone here play the harp? Anyone? I've heard it's hard to play. Um, but uh, make music to the Lord with the harp. We could say drums. We could say guitar. We could say piano. Is that wrong? It's just another, it's their musical instruments that, that are used. With the sound, uh, with the harp and the sound is singing with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn, shout for joy before the Lord, the King. I, that's, I just, when you hear those words, I mean, when you hear those scriptures about how we Praise God. I mean, it's just like, is that how we sing songs? I've looked around. It's, I'm not up here, but I stand sometimes and I look around. Some of us aren't as great at joyful singing as others. I'm not saying anything beyond that. But I mean, we don't. So I... I I, I love music competitions, singing competitions. You guys ever watch those? Uh, it amazes me how many contestants go on those things. Uh, at some point in time, it's revealed that they grew up singing in church. You just don't have many organizations these days that gather together to sing. You know, this is one of the only places. And, and the reason for that, I believe, is because... It's the way God made it. He, caught, he, he made us to sing. He made music. It's what he wants us to do. And for those of you that are sitting here saying, but um, you all don't want to hear me singing. I, I read 98, Psalm 98 verses 4 through 6 in the NIV. I'm going to read Psalm 98 verse 4 in the King James Version. Is that okay? Can we do that? Yes. 
Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Anyone say, I can be biblical in that one. Make a joyful noise. Joyful noise. It doesn't say make a pretty melody. It says make a joyful noise unto the Lord. It says all the earth. And then this is the phrase I like that's next. Make a loud noise. Do we make loud, joyful noises? Do we? Some, some of us sit here, yes, I do. Some of us, I don't know. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. We get the opportunity to sing. And not only do we get to sing, we get to sing to the Almighty. The Almighty. And he wants us to. I mean, Scripture even tells us that he sings over us. How cool is that? He sings over us. And we get to sing. So I want to encourage us this Christmas season. When you hear, I mean, I, Walmart's been playing Christmas music since November 1st. Okay? I, they have. You pull up into the parking lot and it's blaring through that speaker. I can sometimes walk out these doors and hear it playing all the way over here. Anyone want to walk through Walmart start singing with one of those Christmas carols? <laughs> Loud. Make a joyful noise. We get to sing. I think we should sing. The second thing that I see here that stands out is joyful. Joyful. Uh, this week's Advent focus is joy. And this time of year um, can often be difficult for folks. They're reminded of maybe a lost loved one. Or they're reminded of maybe this Christmas isn't quite the same as maybe that Christmas was. And so it could be a hard time. A lot of that's based on circumstances. I've had a good week. I've had a bad week. It's the Christmas season and so and so is not here. And so I understand that this can, be, this can be a hard season for some. What I love about joy is joy is not about circumstances. Our happiness or sadness can often be about our circumstances. But joy is fruit of the spirit that comes out as we grow closer to Jesus, as we draw near to him, as he draws near to us. Joy is something that comes out and it's not based on our circumstances. And so we can have joy. And I think it's good for us to stop and focus in on, Lord, I need that. I need that joy. Psalm 1611 says, You make known to me the path of life. You make known to me the path of life. It means God knows what our life is like and what we're going through. Part of it, all of it. God knows everything we're going through. He knows what we've been through. He knows what we're going to go through. He knows. He makes known the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Is the next part of that verse. With your presence. How does he know? He makes known to me the path of life because he is walking that path with us. He is going along with us. His presence is there with us. And in that, you fill me with your joy. If you're saying this is just hard time of year because of this or because so-and-so is not here or because it's just not what it was Christmas five years ago. It's different. Things have changed. God knows all of that and he walks with you through all of that and his presence can bring you joy. 
And we've got to stop saying, but these are my circumstances. Pastor, you just don't understand how hard it is. You know, I may not fully understand, but I understand loss. I understand not having, I understand change. But the reality is God walks with us through all of that and gives us joy. He gives us joy. And he says, and it finishes, the verse finishes this, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. God wants to give us those eternal pleasures. Now, a lot of times we hear pleasures, we jump straight to pleasures, and we think about the pleasures that we have on this earth that make us feel good. But this doesn't say that. It says eternal pleasures. Those things that he knows is best for us, those things that will last forever. Those are where we focus on. He lays our path before us. He walks alongside of us through this path. He gives us his joy and he points us toward eternal pleasures, the things that matter. When you get hung up on something, because we all do, right? We all get hung up on something, don't we? We stop and ask, is this something for, is this an eternal thing or is this a temporary thing? Because there are a lot of things that we get hung up on sometimes that are temporary. John 16, verses 20 through, 22 through 24 says, So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. In that day, you will no longer ask me for anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. What do we ask for? Are you saying this is just a hard season? This is tough. This is hard. Have you asked for joy? Have you asked for joy? Those are the things we ask for. Why? Because that's eternal. That's eternal. Are we asking for an eternal joy? The third thing that I see here that stand out really is a, it's, a, it's about three or four different phrases that we find in the song, but to me they all go together. And so the third one are, are these four different phrases, offspring of a virgin's womb, uh, veiled in flesh, incarnate deity, and then mild he lays his glory by. Mild he, what, what did God do? What did God do? What did the Almighty do? He was born of Mary. He, he took on flesh. It, God became a human. He laid his almightiness by. Uh, so when I think of that, I, I, I just, when I think of that, I think of Philippians chapter 2, and so if you have your Bibles, I'm going to turn over to Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to look at three things real here, here real quick and, uh, as I read these. Philippians chapter 2, and I'm going to read verses 3 through 11. It says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ, who being in very nature God, and this is where this comes in, very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. 
And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That is the name of Jesus. Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to glory of God the Father. In being in very nature, God took on human likeness, became a baby. I, that's just amazing. Do we forget how amazing that is? Because we've just known it for so long. It's just Christmas. We've known it for so long. So there's, there's three things here that stand out. In the first one there in the first verses three and four, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the entrance, interests of other. So what are we supposed to do? Focus on where? Others. Joy. I learned this as a kid. Joy. Acronym from jo for joy. Everyone know? I know. It's simple. Joy. What's the first word? Jesus. Jesus. What's the second word? Others. Others. What's the third word? Jesus. You. Yourself. So who's first? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is first. He's our example and we see that here. Others are second. We put others second. Some people sit here and say, yeah, but you, that's third. Third is good. Right? Third place gets a ribbon. You get, you get a bronze medal for third. You know, it's last, okay? Don't try to put a positive spin on it. It's last. It's last. That's hard to do, isn't it? Is it hard to put others before you? Anyone? It's hard for me. Why? Because I live here, right? And when this is hungry, I want to feed it. I can't feel when Jessica's hungry. I don't know when that is. I just know when I'm hungry. I just know when I'm unhappy. I just know what I want, right? And guess what I can't do? I can't escape this. You can. You can say, Brian, I've had enough of you. I'm out. Jessica can do that. She can go to another room. I can't leave this. I am stuck here. Anyone know how, how that feels? You're stuck with that person you live with? You and so it's hard to think of others because we're constantly with this person, thinking about this person, wanting to take care of this person. But God says, no, we've got to focus on others first. Here's the reality. Um, I saw this article and I really liked, well, you may not like it. Title of this article, I came across this this week. Christianity is not about a personal relationship with Jesus. Ooh. Guy named... Uh, yeah, Chad Bird. Um, he's a scholar. That's what it says. So when you read the article, it's a really good article. This is seven pages, but I mean, it's like one, one column in their big letters. I can read them without my glasses even. He goes on to talk about the reality of Christ, relationship with Christ within community, that we were meant to do this together. We were not meant to do this as lone Wolves, And so as you read it and you read it, you're like, oh, uh, yeah, he's saying some good things. It was a great title because it made me read it. And then everything I read was like, yep, yep, yep. Relationship with Jesus is about others, and it's about us doing life together as others. This is important. We need this. We need this. We have our discipling communities, and if you're not part of a discipling community, I'm going to tell you, you need to be part of a discipling community. Because this group here, gathering with this group, does not meet the same kind of needs that we all have as a discipling community does.
We need each other. And so for those of you that are saying, I'm in a discipling community and we do life together and we're more than just praying for each other. We're more than just Bible study together. We're about life together. Man, awesome. If you don't have that, let us help you have that. Because there's just so much more blessing when you're part of that. Those of you that are part of that, you get it. You understand. We need each other. And that's what stands out. We need each other to care for each other. It's not about me. It's not about making me. We've got to focus on others. We went to a wedding yesterday. It was a great wedding. It worked. They got married. Um, <laughs> it was a great time. Um, it really enjoyed it. Uh, and, and it just reminded me here in just, just over two and a half weeks, um, my, my oldest son Brandon's getting married. And, and that was exciting, but it was also, it was sad to think about. It was kind of sad to think about because we're, we're going to Montana for this wedding. Anyone, anyone here other than my parents and my, my family, anyone else here coming to Montana for Brandon's wedding? Anyone? Uh, we have a lot of friends that we're going to see up there. It's been almost three years since we've been up there. I've been with you guys. And there's a part of me that's sad that you guys won't get to come and celebrate that with us. Because I, I need you guys. I need you. And, that, and that's that, it just, it's been kind of sad. Now again, I know those people. And I love those people. And they're great people. But I've known you guys. And Brandon he was here even longer than we were. He was here for a, a year and a half before we got down here. And this was his church family for four years. You know? Yeah, I'm not telling you you got to come to Montana. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, if you want to, it's beautiful. Um, I'm just saying that that's, that's something to think about. We need each other. And I, I love you guys. And, it, and it's going to be hard to celebrate something that big in our lives without this family, you know, because we need each other. Second thing we see here, and I'm going way over time, but uh, second thing here, we see the humbleness of Jesus. We see the humbleness of Jesus. Why, why do we put others first? Because that's what Jesus did. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being very in very nature, God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. He humbled himself. He humbled himself. We talked last week, again, the almighty, he, the omnipotent, the omnipresent, the omniscient, the holy. And he reduces himself to a baby, to a baby, to a baby. I say it that way because what can a baby do? Two things. Okay. Okay, they can do more than that. They laugh too. You know, they laugh too. But, I mean, a baby. Babies don't know nothing. Yeah, I said it that way on purpose. They just don't know nothing. Babies don't, they're just there. They're just there. They don't know what is good for them and what isn't. They don't know I should eat. They just, I'm hungry, scream. You know, I'll get food. 
okay, but they don't know how to get the food themselves. They can't, and that's what God did. He went from the Almighty, all these omnis, this holy God, down to someone had to take care of God. This is just amazing to me. Someone had to say, don't touch the hot pot. Someone had to tell my son, Brandon, don't put peas up your nose. They'll get stuck there. <laughs> How many did we pull out? Five? Six? Someone had to tell Jared, Jared, when you're taking your nap, don't climb up on the windowsill. You'll get stuck and you'll have to scream for help. Someone had to tell Colby, when you're 18 months old, don't just jump in the pool. Especially you, Colby, you're going to sink like a rock. And we're all scrambling to dive in. He was a baby he didn't know. Isabel's laughing right now. She doesn't know what's next. <laughs> Someone had to tell Isabel, you don't take the permanent markers and color the walls of the church. <laughs> what are the things that Mary and Joseph had to say? Oh, oh grabbing Jesus. Because he gave up the Almighty to become a baby that had to be taught and told these things. Amazing. It's amazing to think about. He humbled himself. And that's the example we have. The last one is obedience. Obedience. Why did he humble himself? Verse 8, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Mark 14, 36. Abba, Father, Jesus said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Humbleness leads to obedience. Humbleness leads to obedience, and that's what Jesus did. He was obedient. I, I, I don't know what's going on with you this Christmas season. I don't know what the Holy Spirit is saying to you today. Are we seeing God and who he is? I'll encourage you this. We're going to close with the song. The, the music team's going to come. We're going to close with the song. I'll encourage you this. Sing loud. Because that's what we get to do. We get to sing to our God. We get to sing to our creator, the almighty. So let's do it. Let's do it loud. Make a joyful noise. Loud. It, don't, it doesn't matter if you sing good. It says make a joyful noise. If you're going through difficulty, ask for joy. Ask for joy. The elders are here. There's elder here. There's elder here. They want to pray with you. If you need to come up here and say, I need to ask for joy. They want to come and ask with you. And so if you come forward during the song, they're going to come up here and they're going to pray for you. If you say, okay, I'd rather do it in the prayer room. Through those doors to the prayer room, they'll pray for you to ask for joy. And we stop and think, or am I putting others first? Am I putting others before me? Am I living in community? Am I doing this with other people? Or am I trying to do it on my own? I guarantee, if you do this with other people, that joy will come. If you sing loud, that joy will come because it changes things. And, and all of this, just as Jesus did, out of obedience, it's who God calls us to be. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for godly men that you uh, helped write songs with. Thank you for your word that shows us who you call us to be. Make us bold in our, 
and our, our relationship with you to help others see how great a relationship with you is. Thank you, Jesus. Let's, let's stand. Let's sing.